0: This is the Wealth Ability Show with Tom Wheelwright.
1: Way more money, way less taxes. Welcome to the Wealth Ability Show, where we're always discovering how to make way more money and pay way less tax. Hi, this is Tom Wheelwright, your host, founder, and CEO of Wealth Ability. So there's a huge uh, movement right now, one that we've never seen before, of the United States and a, a large portion of the population looking towards socialism as a solution to some of our social and economic uh, issues. And uh, we're very fortunate today to have Dr. Yuri Felstinsky, um, uh, and I'll let him introduce himself, but what's great is he's an authority on Russia and the Soviet Union, and uh, of course uh, Soviet Union communism being kind of the ultimate socialism, if I may, and uh, wanted to get his, really want to get your view, uh, Dr. Felstinsky on socialism, on Soviet Union, on Russia, and on what our issues are going on in the U.S. today. So could you give us just a little bit of your background, please? Uh, so, I was born in the
0: Soviet Union in '56. I left Soviet Union when I was 21 in '78, and uh, I left it for the United States. Now, the Soviet Union, of course, as we knew, it was a communist uh, slash socialist country. The United States, where I came, was a capitalist country, and these were two opposite poles of the world. Now, uh, there is nothing what is good about Soviet Union. I mean, honestly, objectively, after it collapsed in 91, we know, of course, about free education. This was fine. Uh, We know about uh, free medical help. This was not fine. The free education was fine with understanding that, the Soviet Union, which is a huge country, was a country of mainly two cities, Moscow and Leningrad those years. Now it's St. Petersburg. And in those particular two cities, the education at some universities, as the rule was that actually just one institution would carry the name university. All other places would call institutes. So in Moscow, the higher education was quite well, Uh, there was some limit. I mean, there was some problems, there were some limits. There were some limits for Jewish people, for example. Jews were not actually allowed to enter those places where they wanted to go. But aside of Jewish issue, for example, we could say that higher education in, in the Soviet Union, in certain places, in certain cities, for some people was Fine. But ironically, this had nothing to do with socialism, which in Syria should be equal for everybody. Uh, now, the, there was no, literally, there was no socialism. The, the system, the political system was communist system. It was a communist dictatorship
1: and this was a communist dictatorship. Well, let me yes. ask you a question, Yuri. So, so what's the, how, how, how would you distinguish uh, communism and socialism? Because I think they get confused a lot.
0: Well, for, for a reason. The reason it was, or is, that we either never seen communists or either never seen socialism. Because we Well, we, we know about the Soviet Union. This was a real experience. We know about China, of course. This was another real communist experience. And we know about Eastern Europe, which was, When you saw it from the Soviet Union, the Eastern Europe was kind of almost the West. I mean, they had much more freedom than the Soviet Union had. In the Soviet Union, this is very important to understand. Everything was under government control, literally everything. There were no private businesses at all. So if we call it communism, fine. If we call it socialism, fine that's how it was in eastern europe it was slightly different in some countries and they were different you know from country to country they had some private sector
1: really then we're just talking about degree right so All right. socialism is more government control and communism would then in what i'm hearing is would be ultimate government control so well, so yeah. what's wrong with that what, what's wrong with the government controlling everything Oh,
0: everything, everything is wrong with government control.
1: Uh, Let's put it this
0: way. In the Soviet Union, a huge state, and this is a nuclear superpower, existed with two very serious conditions, right? One, that the borders are closed because the borders of the Soviet Union were completely sealed. Uh, And two, that there is no market economy. And this is the main definition. There is no market economy in socialist, death, death, communist system, whatever you call it. Because again, no one knows how to call the Soviet Union. Some people say this is the communist state. Some people say this is the socialist state. In reality, this was probably something else. But the, the 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 main issue is that there is no market economy
1: and there is no private sector. So, You've done a lot of study, research, writing about, the current, about Russia as it is now. So what's the difference, in, in your opinion, from an economic standpoint, from a uh, uh, financial welfare standpoint of the people between, is it, is it better now under Putin? Um, is, it, is it better without the communist control, or is it worse, or is it, is it similar? If I'm forced to choose
0: between yes and no, black and white, let me tell you the following. Uh, Yes, is it better under Putin? Uh, And it's better for the same reasons. Russia today exists with open borders and with market economy. We could claim that this is a corrupt market economy. It is so, and Russia is a corrupt country, but this is market economy. We could claim that it's run by a KGB officer, or FSB officers or mafia from state security, and this is precisely how it is. Uh, nevertheless, this is corrupt Market economy. We could say, of course, that those people rule Russia unconditionally, that there are no free elections, there is no free press, it's not a free country. They kill everybody who is competing for power, or they try to kill people like Navalny, etc. But again, this is kind of market economy. This is very important, but for the same reason. We may say that the Soviet Union collapsed because there was no market economy and the borders were sealed. Putin created a system which is very flexible and very dynamic. And uh, we do not really see any issues with the system. I mean, we know that there are people like Navalny who are against Putin. Uh, who are competing with him for power. We know that from time to time we see waves of opposition inside Russia. But I would say it's fair to say that majority of Russians, although it's very difficult to to figure out what majority of people are thinking since there is no free press, no free post, no freedom, etc etc etc. and uh, those who are against are killed from time to time, but majority of Russians, survive the situation. Again, saying this, we need to understand that the Soviet Union or Russia as a state never existed as democracy. It was monarchy prior to 1917. It was dictatorship up to 1991. Then we had several years from 1991 to 1999 when Russia was trying to become a democratic state, a part of contemporary Europe, Europe. it it failed. And in 2000, KGB, which is now the FSB, came to power, took control of the state, and now they are running the country without any political control, including the political control of the Communist Party which existed prior to 91. And this is a very interesting moment. We are looking at Russia and we are trying to understand what's going on there, what's happening there. Who are those people who are running the country? What do they really want? And we do not really understand what's going on there because this is the first time we are facing this problem. The problem was that the Soviet Union existed with KGB as a major power controlling the situation and with the Communist Party as a kind of political institution controlling the KGB. Now, with the collapse of the Communist Party in 91 and with disappearance of the Communist Party in 91, the KGB took control of the state without any political control from above. That's why it's very dangerous, Mm -hmm. it's very new this never happened before. That's why nobody understands what's actually happening in, in Russia, what Putin actually wants, what are those people who are ruling the country. Because these are KGB people, and, and uh, I mean, the new name is FSB, but these are the same people. Right. And uh, they, 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 they're trying to de- destroy, they were never trained to build. And they're very good in destroying or very good in subversive activity, which we see all over Europe and even in the
1: United States. And that they, they do it, I mean, quite, quite well. Yuri, did, well, did you find that in, Soviet, in the Soviet Union as well? Well, no, because in the Soviet Union, they, they existed
0: under the very strict Communist Party control. And again, whether this was good or bad for the society, I do not know, but this was definitely bad for for KGB. So they were trying to get rid of this control and in 91, they succeeded. And if you look at this democratic revolution of August of 91, from this point of view, the KGB happened to be the major winner of this uh, events because finally, they got rid of the communist party at the end, in two thousand, they took control of the state, and this was the only Soviet institution we survived. You know, the Soviet Union collapsed in ninety-one; everything actually collapsed.
1: So, so, if I could, Yuri, let, let me take you back to the Soviet Union for a minute. <clears throat> See, You grew up in the Soviet Union, and we're what we're seeing for the first time in America a a, a kind of a push towards socialism, and. First question I have for you is: Is that you know when you've done your studies and when you were you know you were living in the Soviet Union, you know what what actually causes that kind of revolution where people are are willing to get rid of any kind of economy and freedoms in exchange for that autocratic and socialistic uh, rule? What what is it that that allowed that? What, and, and do you see any parallels with what's going on in the U.S. today?
0: Well, I think uh, that there is some confusion and misunderstanding about terminology, right? As I started, there is nothing good about Soviet Union. I mean, you could, we could talk about Soviet Cosmos or or, or Russian Ballet or or hockey teams, But this really has nothing to do with socialism or Soviet Union uh, in in reality. When we think about socialism, we we usually mention Scandinavian countries like Sweden or whatever, Finland or or Norway. Europe lived with a very long social, so-called social democratic tradition. It started in 19th century. It started with Karl Marx and it developed into something. I mean, if we look at European countries they're you're right, if you compare, if we compare them with the United States, they're more quote unquote socialists than, than, uh, than the United States, of course. The, the government is more involved in, uh, in everyday life. The government has more control Uh, this social security system or whatever we call it in Europe is more developed, more widespread. Mm -hmm. Uh, Europe is trying to create a more equal, economically speaking, society. This doesn't mean that there are no rich people in Europe, but it's very much different from the United States. But But here's the problem, the major problem I think is, and I do not really think that it's, it's not good. I, I, I think the, the United States is very much different from all other countries, including the United States. And this is the view of a person who, again, was born in the Soviet Union, what I think is important. The United States is different because it allows you to have opportunity to become a billionaire in a matter of minutes if you come with the right idea right time have ability to create a new business etc etc and that's why we see in the united states more 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 people who were able to to create uh, you know iphones and amazon and tesla so this is not by by chance this is because the American system is built this way. There is a problem with this. The problem is that unfortunately, at the same time, we see a huge amount of people who are not who are not poor, the, the poor is a wrong word, mm-hmm. who are completely fell out of the train who are below the purity level, who are lost by the society. I mean, we see them as homeless, we see them as uh, kind of criminals who are forced to become criminals because they really do not care about their life. And I would say that this has nothing to do with socialism, but that we have to do something about this problem. Right.
1: Hey, if you like financial education the way I do, you're going to love Buck Joffrey's podcast. Buck's a friend of mine. He's a client of mine. He's a former board certified surgeon, and he's turned into a real estate professional. So he has this podcast that is geared towards high paid professionals. That's who he's geared towards. So if you're a high paid professional, you're going, look, I'd like to do something different with my money than what I'm doing. I'd like to get financially educated. I'd like to take control of my money and my life and my taxes. I would love to recommend Buck Joffrey's podcast, which is called Wealth Formula Podcast with Buck Joffrey. I hope you join Buck on this adventure of a lifetime. Clearly, Yuri, in the, in the 1900s, uh, that was an issue in Russia that you had a lot of people that had absolutely nothing and you had some people that had an awful lot. So you end up with a revolution. So- in a, very, in a very different way, in a very different way. You see,
0: in the Soviet Union money didn't actually play a major role of uh, technically speaking, or officially speaking, all salaries were almost the same. I mean, a, 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 a low salary allowed by the law would be a, literally i'm talking about literal figures 62 62 rubles and 50 kopecks per month and a high salary would be like 300 rubles per month so it's it's very easy for you to see that the, the difference would be five times this is not the most important time uh, the most important point the most important point that it actually wasn't very important how much money you are getting, how many rubles you are getting as your salary, because connection would be the most important, so the system was not built on the salary or on rubles which people uh, it, get. It, it,
1: what I always say is that that y- you either are going after money or power right and 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 this the Soviet union and Russia today is very much. Based on power to to a large extent, and if you don't have money, if you can't go after money, then you're only really your only option is go after power. Because it, certainly the the elites in the Soviet Union had b- very nice some very nice luxuries um, because they had the power, not because they Correct. had not, not because, because they had they money. Had money.
0: Correct. Correct. And if you look at Brezhnev, who was like general secretary of the Communist Party and the most powerful person in the Soviet Union. If you look economically at, at his life, he had nothing, literally nothing. The car which was driving him from and to his place of work was a government car. The driver was a government driver. His summer house was a government summer house. His apartment was a garment apartment. He, he was using a plane, but this was a government plane. I mean, in terms of money, he had nothing, but he had everything. Well, this was literally like a communism, right? Because this was a communist idea when money had nothing to do with real life. Uh, In the United States, of course, this is not so. In Russia today, it's more complicated. You might be a billionaire as long as you follow the rules which are established by Kremlin. And we have good examples of people who were billionaires, like Michael Khodorkovsky, who were arrested and became literally nothing in a matter of days, when uh, Putin, for one or another reason, decided that he doesn't need him anymore. And uh, Khodorkovsky was probably the most... Well known case or the most important case economically, but we had several billionaires uh, prior to him, like Vladimir Gusinsky, who was arrested and forced out of Russia, Boris Berezovsky, who was forced out of Russia and who lost all his empire, etc. So, in other words, you are allowed to be a billionaire or very rich man as long as Kremlin agrees to, to what you're doing. And if you're starting to compete with Kremlin for political power, then you are ruling then you're just ruined in a matter of uh, days.
1: What do you think about this trend certainly by, um, by the American political left towards socialism? What, 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 what's your view of that um, when we see Bernie Sanders and AOC and even President Biden, Really going, and even Nancy Pelosi going very far left uh, of where we've ever been before. Okay, what's your view of that? Of going to that more socialistic, more more entitlements, uh, you know, the child care credits, the 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 payments, all of this, uh, all of this more socialistic viewpoint, more control, more government regulation. What I'm, I'm really curious. What's your view of that?
0: I'm in a difficult situation, honestly. Because on the one hand, I do believe in capitalism. I do believe that this is very important that people know when they think about something new, when they have new ideas, when they think about new business, that they know that they would be allowed to build this business and the government or tax system, whatever would not take business business away. And I know that without this belief, the United States would not be able to be the United States, which we know for the last, well, which I know for the last 40 years when I live here, right? Which I live here. At the same time, we have to agree that those people who are doing well and, and there are a lot of those people, and I see them, and I know them, and some of them I know personally. Have to somehow to agree to carry some responsibility for the well-being of society. Uh, indeed, I think it's dangerous from the point of view of risking a revolution when a huge percentage of population is unhappy. And consider it itself to be uh, below, you know, level of uh, the 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 level of human existence, which which uh, you know which should be respected by everybody. You see, in other words, when we see uh, one homeless person, it's fine. Two is fine, but when we understand that this a major problem. I think uh, everybody, including those people who are doing quite well, have to understand that it's their problem as well.
1: Interestingly enough, um, uh, Paris has just as, as big a problem as San Francisco has, w- from a homeless standpoint, and this is a much more socialistic country um, in, in France. So and I don't think there's any question. I I don't know anybody, any entrepreneur who doesn't say, well, yes, we, we do have this issue. We do, we do have a responsibility there. At the same time, you know, I think you bring up a good point, and that is that we do risk some type of revolution if we don't pay attention to it, that we actually, you know, that it's actually good for the rich people to pay attention to it, because if they don't, you know, they could end literally end up in, in the extreme, like the Soviet Union, where the, 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 the entrepreneurs lost everything. I mean, the state took everything away from the entrepreneurs in the Soviet Union in the 1920s. So, you know, we, we have that issue going on here. So I, I, I certainly agree that I, I think that's something that we do need to pay attention. And that's
0: where the problem is, no, we, we could wait the government, unfortunately, I have to say, the the, the government, unfortunately, uh, is probably looking at this problem from from a very simple angle. All right, let's increase taxes and use those taxes to deal with the the uh, problem which exists. And uh, I would say that there is nothing wrong with this approach, except that unfortunately we do not see that this is. That the increasing of taxes necessarily liquidates the problem. And, and that's where the problem is. You yeah. see, I mean, I would be for for uh, for increasing taxes or, or with two hats, you know, would what for it if I know that that's the way to, to, to liquidate the problem. But unfortunately, this is not happening. This is usually not happening that. Uh, probably uh, something else should be involved. There, there, there should be another approach. Unless, unless those taxes which increase, increased, they, they go the wrong way. And this is probably so as well. You know, during the pandemic, uh, during the pandemic, we know, I mean, we know this, several trillion dollars were printed. Uh, we could divide this, three, several, several, whatever, nine trillion dollars for for, for the entire population of the United States. And we realize that this means that for every particular person, a huge amount of money was printed. We do not see them. We never got those money. Somebody else did. Those money flew somewhere away. And that, unfortunately, I think is happening every time the government increase taxes. Theoretically speaking, the increase of the the high taxation should bring prosperity to all those poor people who are having difficulties, and who probably after the taxation is increased, have to stop to have those difficulties. In reality, this is not happening. That's, That's why I do not think that the increase of taxation, let's put it this way, is the best way to to deal with problems.
1: It's a pretty rare situation where the government can do something better than the private sector. So if we can get the private sector to do it, we're going to end up in a better spot. Like building housing, for example, or building, I mean, (laughs) Soviet Union, you know this so well, uh, government building housing and the private sector building housing, you get two different types of housing. And so the government's not the most efficient. They don't use the money the, the best. The, the private sector seems to use it a lot better. And, you know, I, I agree. It's, it's not an easy answer, but I do agree that also, though, it is something we need to pay attention to, particularly as entrepreneurs, because I think as entrepreneurs, I think we have an option, we have an opportunity to, um, you know, to, to do some service in the private through the private sector and whether that's through you know you know our own chari- charitable work or in even even through our products where we make it easier for those who are disadvantaged i agree again i think the most important thing is and you know people uh,
0: usually ask me how do we deal with putin who who is obviously a problem for the free world and i ask uh, every time that the most important part is to to understand the problem, to understand what the problem is, to say openly that Putin is the problem, that Russia is our problem. And then at least we would know, since we know now what the problem is, we at least should uh, start to think in the right direction, how to deal with the problem. Uh, The same with uh, the internal problems of the United States. First, we need to to explain what the problem is. And I'm not even sure that I, I have the answers to this, but the, because the, the problem is not, well, we, we have homeless, so this is the problem, but is this the answer to a question how to deal with it? No, uh, we have very certain percentage of black population, who think that they are exploited or unhappy or, and, and, and this is a problem, we, we have to deal with this. Uh, we could, of course, uh, not very serious about some minority issues, uh, thinking, well, ah, this is overstated. But, but the, the society where a serious percentage of people is unhappy, uh, whether this is because it's their fault or not, uh, could not actually exist as a happy society altogether. All and, and our ideas, and I mean, including those people who are doing well, who are very rich, some of them extremely rich, but I was living in New York for, for the last several years. Well, prior to this, I was living in Boston. And uh, you know, of course, how New York is built. You have houses where billionaires live. And this is at the same time, or the same neighboring street has homeless people lying uh, throughout the street, right? And I always saw that if I would be in their position, you know, being there, like, Billionaire, I would feel uncomfortable F- from my personal e- egoistic point of view. I would be uncomfortable to see this, and I would think, Well, what should be done?
1: If you could make a suggestion to the general public, entrepreneurs, you know, business owners, uh, just and anybody. What would be one or two things that you think we could actually do ourselves, not the government, but a couple of things that you think that individually we may maybe should be doing?
0: Well, individually, I have problems with this. I do not really think that we are capable to do. Anything in the, you know, you see, you you could be nice. You could uh, you could give money to charitable organizations. Uh, unfortunately, uh, the the problem is more serious than this. I. Uh, I do not think that this will
1: help. You think this is more a function of we need to let our uh, elected representatives know what we think they ought to be doing. Well,
0: again, but the issue is that they need to understand what they really want to achieve and they really want to do. And uh, I think at this point, uh, no one actually has this clear understanding of what should be done. Uh, we, we have. Uh, quote unquote conservatives who are against uh, raising any any taxes, because their argument is that look, every time we increase taxes, nothing is changing. And And I have to say that that's that's probably correct. Uh, you have liberals or whatever you call them who are saying that we need to increase taxes because this is the only way to, to deal with the problem. And, you know, well, probably if there is more money to deal with the problem, uh, there are more possibilities to deal with the problem. But at the end, we see that nothing is changed. So I do not really think that this is a matter of money which we do not uh, spend enough to deal with the problem. I, I, I think the problem is with the approach. And, and let, let me give you a simple example and I might be politically incorrect, but I'm not a politician. I do not really have to be. I mean, I have nothing to, to gain or, or to lose. We, we, hear, we see homeless people in, in the cities. This is not financial. Problem. You may offer those people money, they will not leave that place where they stay. This is not financial problem, this is something else. Unless this is a problem which is so expensive that yes, it could be uh, done through, through finances, but a different way, uh, in, in a more expensive way. Probably, but but this is, this is, I mean, you see city which is dirty. Uh, let's talk about New York. I, I, I've been in Los Angeles just a couple of times, so I would not talk about Los Angeles, but New York, I, I see quite, quite well and like quote unquote every day, the, the city is dirty and, and we know that it's just a matter of, you know, issue of money which should be spent on cleaning the streets, right? Maybe it's a lot of money. I do not know how this should be done, but this probably should be done through cleaning the streets. So, so uh, and and this, if we talk about New York, these are the main issues, the homeless people and the, the, the trash on the streets, right? And I, I think both of those issues could be, resolved and then the city would look differently and then prices by the way uh for for real estate in new york would go up and in the end this would be economically profitable for everybody
1: i, I like it so uh, dr dr yuri Felstinsky, um author of blowing up russia and uh, the corporation russia and the kgb in the age of president putin um, thank you so much, Dr. Felstinski for spending some time with us. And uh, if so, if uh, people wanted to know more about you or um, you know what you're what you're doing, where would where would they go? Oh, difficult to say. I'm like a freelance author, uh, so best is your books. Uh, my
0: books, uh, I am on, on uh, Facebook, of course, so they always could write me on, on through awesome. my Facebook.
1: Awesome. Well, thank you very much. Of um, just just remember everyone, when, when we get educated, and this is not our typical program, but I wanted to make sure that we had somebody who has a very different perspective, having grown up in the Soviet Union, and see this idea of socialism that it's not good, bad, it's it's you know it's it's degree and it's uh and, and we we do have problems that we need to solve. And when we do that, we know that we're always gonna make more, way more money. And Pay way less taxes. Thanks, and we'll see you next time.
0: You've been listening to The Wealth Ability Show with Tom Wheelwright. Way more money, way less taxes. To learn more, go to wealthability.com.